You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 131 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story? Latin America has been hard hit by the pandemic. But there's one small country in the region that is quietly beating COVID, despite bordering countries where the virus rages. But first, here's what happened in virus news today. U.S. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, and other GOP leaders began hammering out the details of a roughly $1 trillion Republican plan for a new round of virus relief. That will be their opening bid as they begin negotiations with Democrats, who've already put out an expansive $3.5 trillion proposal. The two sides remain far apart on many of the particulars, including McConnell's determination to include liability limits for businesses, schools, and other organizations. Hong Kong reported 66 new local virus cases, down from 83 on Sunday. The new outbreak has now infected 560 local people in 16 days alarming health officials. About a third of infections are unlinked to confirmed cases or existing outbreaks, signaling that hidden chains of transmission are widespread. In light of the outbreak, the financial hub is extending restaurant restrictions, as well as gym and bar closures by another week, and it's expanding mask requirements. Finally, A coronavirus vaccine the University of Oxford is developing with AstraZeneca showed promising results in early human testing. The vaccine shows what's called a dual immune response. That means it increased levels of both protective neutralizing antibodies and immune T-cells that target the virus. That's according to results that were published today in the Lancet Medical Journal. And now for today's main story. The small South American nation of Uruguay is best known for its grass-fed beef and Atlantic beaches. 
but the country of 3.5 million people has another distinction. It seems to have dodged the worst of the COVID-19 outbreak, despite being nestled between hotspot countries. The country has seen just 1,000 or so cases since the pandemic began, and only 33 deaths. Ken Parks reports the reasons may have as much to do with its policies from years past as its present-day virus response. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. What is the secret to Uruguay's success? First, it acted fast. President Luis Lacaixipo ordered a voluntary lockdown and closed international borders less than a month after taking office March 1st. Speaking at a seminar in June, Lacaixipo said his decision to appeal to his compatriots' responsible exercise of liberty, as he refers to his voluntary lockdown policy, wasn't an easy one. It was March 23rd, and his advisors had provided infection forecasts ranging from 1,250 cases to as many as a quarter of a million cases. The decision to say no to obligatory quarantine was a little more complex based on the data we had. Of equal or greater importance are Uruguay's institutional assets. It's one of the wealthiest nations in the region, with a mature political system that sees little to gain from sacrificing the country to advance partisan agendas. Uruguay is also reaping dividends from the heavy investments in public health care and social programs the left-wing Broadfront Party made during its 15 years in power. The government's strategy of widespread testing, contact tracing, and voluntary lockdown is paying off. Most schools are now holding classes, and malls, shops, restaurants, and government offices are open. Active COVID cases have held below or just above 100 since early June. Uruguay has managed all that even though it counts COVID hotspots Argentina and Brazil as neighbors. I recently spoke with Public Health Minister Daniel Salinas about Uruguay's success in containing the pandemic. Minister Salinas, a medical doctor, urged his compatriots to appreciate and defend the country's COVID gains. Uruguay has to appreciate and defend its status. It has to be part of our identity. It's like in football, we have to win this World Cup. That doesn't mean we have won the battle because at any moment something can happen that is beyond our control. The reopening of classes didn't generate one additional case. The reopening of shopping centers hasn't created spikes in activity. The opening of hotels and restaurants hasn't created problems. Uruguay's increased entry requirements for citizens and foreign residents arriving from abroad by air, ferry, or land. Authorities require new arrivals provide a negative COVID test taken no more than 72 hours before traveling. After that, arrivals have to spend at least a week in quarantine 
and undergo another test. Uruguay and Brazil are also coordinating their COVID response measures along their border. Minister Selena says the measures aim to prevent further outbreaks like those in the provincial capitals of Rivera and Trinity Trace that were linked to Brazil, where many Uruguayans who live along the border go to shop. We are shielding the country from the situation abroad, but in the end, we depend on the personal conduct of our citizens because, starting from one case, there were 97 cases in 33, which is a lesson. Look, 33 is a very small city that had 10% of Uruguay's cases. Uruguay also faces the challenge of reviving a tourism industry whose beaches, spas, and casinos cater to more than 1.7 million Argentines and almost half a million Brazilians last year. I asked Minister Salinas if Uruguay is going to open its tourism industry next summer. For sure there is going to be domestic tourism, but conditions to enter the country aren't going to change. I hope there is a vaccine by then. While Uruguay is outperforming most of its peers in terms of infection and mortality rates, the pandemic has caused significant hardship for ordinary Uruguayans who have lost their jobs or struggled to keep their businesses afloat in the face of declining sales. While the unemployment rate has actually dropped below 10% since the start of the pandemic, economists attribute that to many of the jobless not actively looking for work. Osvaldo, 56, owns and operates a fruit and vegetable stand that serves five neighborhood street markets in the capital, Montevideo. I spoke with him recently at a morning street market in the neighborhood of Positos about how the pandemic has affected his business. The market lives mainly off people more than 40 years old. This is a morning market and active people are at work. In general, Older people, parents, and a family or grandparents come. Those are the people most affected, or at least the ones that have been declared at risk due to their age. It has an impact because older people don't come to the market, so there are fewer clients and sales drop. Osvaldo says his sales are just 60% of what they were before the pandemic struck in early March. On a positive note, he notices that foot traffic in the market has been picking up for about a month. Federico runs a butcher shop in the traditional middle-class neighborhood of Villa Dolores in Montevideo. Uruguayans are among the biggest meat eaters on the planet, consuming 105 pounds of beef per person last year. I asked Federico how meat consumption has changed in the neighborhood during the pandemic. Meat consumption has held up or even increased a little. Places for eating out were closed or people are spending more time at home and have more time to cook. Fortunately, our company has benefited from the pandemic because sales have increased. Uruguay has received international recognition for its handling of the pandemic. I asked Federico how this newfound attention makes him feel. One feels a lot of pride. I think things have been done right here since day zero, and people have been extra careful. So seeing them talk about us abroad is always a source of pride. Uruguay so far has managed to contain the pandemic, while its larger neighbors struggle to get a grip on the disease. However, success can prove short-lived due to COVID's uncanny ability to quickly spread, as illustrated by two outbreaks in provincial cities and an important outbreak in recent days at a hospital in the capital, Montevideo. 
Uruguay has won many battles against the pandemic, but it's too early to declare victory just yet. Perhaps the reopening of its international borders at some point down the road would be one sure sign that Uruguay has COVID on the ropes. That was Ken Parks in Montevideo. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Ken Parks. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Schein and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.